Welcome back to a special Keeping It Orange and Blue. I'm Ryan Evan, <clears throat> joined as always by my good friend Kevin Ducey. What's happening? Yeah, man. Uh, uh, T.I. just told us. I'm back. T.S.J., he's back. It's a monumental day uh, for this particular version of the University of Illinois basketball team. But, man, this is a, this is a big deal far beyond – the University of Illinois and uh, and college basketball. I mean, this this is this is something that I believe is going to set precedents and have ramifications across uh, all of college sports. Uh, we also saw today, and I'll get into this a little bit more, that amateurism as a college athlete is is officially dead, and, and I'll talk more into why I think that. Um, I'm very happy for Terrence. Um, because from the information that we know, I'm going to keep going back to this, the information that we know, I don't, I don't see how you can convict somebody on, he said, she said in two minutes of not being on camera, like that, that's really the evidence that we do have, uh, with, with no corroboration from other witnesses, no smoking gun. Uh, so in that regard, I'm, I'm happy for him. I do worry about a lot of the hate that he's going to get on the road. We're already seeing it in our Twitter channels. And that's okay. Um, and I hope that this, I've said all along, I want what's best for him, especially if he didn't do it. Um, is, and, and, and there's a guy who chimed in, Lazy Forrest Gump. I'll, I'll get into that about not playing him. Because uh, I've been in arguments all afternoon about that. Uh, I hope this is the best for him, right, as he goes through this. And he can he can rise up draft boards. And I hope the team can use his motivation, use the hate that they're going to receive as motivation. And, do something special with it. So, and and we, we both will be talking about uh, should he play, and, and that's really one of a lot of reasons why I wanted to do, to do this tonight. Because I'm telling you now, and we're going to delve into it later. He's gonna play. Okay, there's there's just no way he's not. And 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 I can and I can spell it out for you very easily as to why, and we'll get to that later. <clears throat> but I can tell you this: you said it. Welcome back, Terrence. I am happy for you as a man who deserves due process. I understand the situation he's been in. And uh, the judge emphatically announced yes. that. That was an emphatic, like, yes. Illinois is wrong. Your policy is not proper. And you would be doing irreparable damage to Terrence and his future to keep him out. And I am super proud and happy for the of the judge uh, making that because – Another interesting thing, too, that was in there, Kev, was that she looked at mock drafts. Mock drafts had yes. several, had a couple, two or three that had him dropping 20, 20 I, spots. I, and, I, saw and him as, I saw him as high as 12 a month ago, and I saw him completely off draft boards that I've looked at recently. 
So think about that. That's millions of dollars. And she basically mentioned that, like that's millions of dollars of irreparable damage and, and mental damage and financial damage that, that this guy is losing because he's going through a process where he hasn't been convicted yet. And so that's, uh, again, I think it was the right decision. Um, I'm happy, but let's be honest before we delve into some of this other stuff, Kev, are you surprised? Yeah, I, actually, I am, um, and I think I was just coming. Uh, I was just coming to the conclusion. Well, first of all, the the fact it took so long for it to come back, I felt like every day it went longer was probably in Illinois' favor. Obviously, it wasn't in our favor because it extended the time that we were without Terrence being on the floor. But I do think the longer it went on, the better it looked for his his opportunity. But I really, I didn't have much faith that this was going to happen. I felt like this was going to have to go through just simply the legal process and that the university's bylaws and uh, no tolerance policies as the way it's written were going to stand up. But what the judge ruled, and you know, James Coughlin said, great day for constitutional rights. I actually agree. What the judge basically said is, is by doing this, by suspending him without fully going through the due process of convicting him in a court of law, not just charging him, but convicting him in a court of law, you are denying his ability to earn money. So basically it's saying by him not being able to play basketball at the college level, it's denying his ability to earn money and there, and furthermore, further his career, like you mentioned with the draft boards. And I think, like I said, NIL has, has been, uh, for lack of a better term, a death to amateurism. This is the nail in the coffin is now we are basically looking at these athletes as paid athletes. Um, I don't believe that I should be fired from my job if I was if I was charged with a crime, especially one that I feel I don't commit. Now, at the point that I'm convicted, yeah, absolutely should, should lose your job, especially if it's uh, anything that's going to interfere with your job. Uh, so I think that that's, what, that's what's happened here. And uh, I, think it's, I think it's good for the college athletes that are out there that they're allowed to go through due process. But at the same time, this is a this is a tricky situation. Arterio Morris was arrested on September 11th for a rape case in Kansas. He was booted off the team immediately. Does he get the right to come back? I mean, the, the, or, or is every one of these merits going to hold their own individual weight? It's a really it's a really interesting thing to walk away from here. And then the one thing you know, a lot of people are going to like try to blame the University of Illinois here. University of Illinois has no say. A federal judge ruled that they cannot suspend him. A federal judge. That's out of Josh Whitman's hands now. It's out of the board of trustees' hands. It's out of the university's hands. It's out of the DIA's hands. They and have to go with the judge. Illini Dave says it perfectly, Kev. It's a win-win. Illinois is absolved of any public outcry because it's out of their hands. And let me tell you, when I posted that tweet like three weeks ago, and I said, I think that Illinois was definitely happy about the TRO and the uh, preliminary injunction hearing because many inside the program believe he's innocent. And they knew, though, their policy, they had to suspend him. And, of course, they're going to fight and defend their public policy because, again, you were talking about all those Title IX violations, right? Yes. Yep, so absolutely. They have to. So there's um, at the end of the day – if they don't do that, that may, they have to always cover themselves first. Yes. Right? So I don't blame them for that. And I hope the, any of you don't either. But there's many behind those scenes that believed he's innocent and are happy that the judge ruled in his favor. Okay. 
Even yep. the ones that may have wrote letters wanting the, the policy to stick, if that gives you guys any idea. So um, it's a win-win. And by the way, this is now, and it, this is indefinite until there's major other court dates down the road. This is not going to be another hearing next week where the judge will just all of a sudden, oh, I'm going to change my mind now. There's not an appeal that's going to happen in nine days where she's going to go, you know, I just really didn't think about it long and hard enough. He's going to get to play until pretty much his case goes through the criminal process. And at this point, that's probably going to end up in April, May, June, if if not resolved before then, because I know he wants to take it to trial. But I really think that his from what I was told by people very close to me, they feel like they can get it dismissed even by the, the February 23rd date. I've, I've always felt from what we know, and I'll keep going back to that from what we know, i.e. the affidavit, uh, the lack of a witness, the lack of it showing him and her on camera engaged in any kind of forced sexual activity, any sexual activity whatsoever, that the, the one trump card that the DA had in her pocket, and she has been very outspoken of where she stands on things and how she feels about people, certain people, certain people like you and me, uh, her her loan her loan trump card was to ruin his college basketball season and, and and effectively hurt Illinois' college basketball season, which is dominated by males. And that card has now since been removed. And I don't think she can. I don't think there's unless there's some evidence out there that we have not been that they're they're keeping in their back pocket, which I don't see how you would keep it in your back pocket because if you kept it in your back pocket, you'd have charged them three and a half months. earlier than you did. Um, So I'm with you. I think that I don't think, and if this case goes to court, I think that she'll lose miserably. Uh, I keep going back to what we know, but that's that's just me. Yep. And so again, not me. And shout out, Ked, if you're watching my my, basically on uh, WDWS Sports Talk last week, last Saturday, he mentioned that there, you know, there's no DNA evidence linking Terrence Shannon to this. So uh, that they feel confident in that. So um, there's a lot <clears throat> going well in his favor. Um, yeah, but now, real quick, Dave, I do believe we'll see him Sunday. He may not start, but uh, he's definitely going to be in. I think he's ready to go. He's ready to roll. I applaud him and his family for how they handled this whole situation. Like, he stayed off of social media, period. Yeah. You know, like, he didn't say, like, Hey, I appreciate you guys all in my corner, blah, 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 you know, and, um, uh, you know, I actually sent Terrence a message and I messaged his mother and told them both this whole time that, you know, we were praying for him and that they are loved. And I told them that uh, I think justice will be served at some point one way or another. And uh, again, I, I am super relieved and uh, happy for Terrence because I just want anybody to know this. If you question why I'm saying these things right now, the man hasn't been convicted, okay? You are – he's still an innocent man. So – and from everything I've been through in my life, it's unfair to treat him any way other than that. I don't expect anything less from the road fans because they're going to be obnoxious, asinine, drunk. You know, it, it is what it is. And But, but I know this, and pro- I promise you, he's going he's gonna to be ready for it. And he's going to let that fuel his fire. And I, I guarantee Northwestern fans better watch it on Wednesday because remember, they didn't get to see Terrence and Champagne 
a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I don't, you know, like I'm not blaming all the athletes on the Northwestern side of things. Uh, but I'm sorry that there, there's no moral high ground for that, for that team to stand on with what they, what their football program just went through. So I'll, I'll, I, I won't have much tolerance for any, uh, any of that shade being thrown their way, but Hey, but let's be real. There'd be a boatload of Illinois fans in the stands at Evanston on Wednesday night anyway. And, you know, a lot of people are, a lot of people are asking, is he going to play? Yes. He's going to play guys. Like he, he I mean, and, and I've had people on. Ted, on start, tell us, tell us why Brad Underwood has to play him. Tell us. Because a federal judge just mandated it. And people are like, well, he mandated that he couldn't be suspended from the team. Uh, she mandated that he couldn't be suspended from the team. That's that's accurate, but the language in it was because of the loss of NIL, the loss of draft status, and all that is impacted by his play on the court. It what didn't say it in exact terms, but you can Brad Underwood and Josh Whitman cannot listen to a federal judge tell them that you have to put somebody back on the team and then do a team imposed suspension. And I'm sorry, but letting him sit on the bench and not play would be a team imposed suspension. Now, if this was um our guy, Draven Gibbs Longhorn, who Ryan, you and I love. We're fans of his. He's a fan of the show. He's a great kid. I think he has a really bright future. No, he was pissed off that he didn't play third. He didn't play. He didn't play. Was it last? He didn't play he didn't last. Play. He hasn't played he, the last two games. Yeah. He didn't play. So if, if, the, if it was his situation and this had gone through and he didn't play, you could probably say, yeah, that's, that's not necessarily Brad under. But Terrence Shannon Jr. was – probably second in national player of the year running. He led the team in minutes played. He's the leading scorer. Like he's the leading, leading guy in shot attempts. Like you, if you were to not play him at all and simply sit him on his bench, that in essence is Brad Underwood and Josh Whitman and the university of Illinois giving a big F you to judge a federal judge. I don't think that would work very well for anybody's career. Furthermore, you're Brad Underwood. You're very close to Terrence Shannon. Anybody who's ever spent any time with Terrence Shannon speaks about what a great kid he is. Jeff, Jeff Goodman talked about it today on their podcast, and he and, and, and Jeff Goodman did a really good job of towing the line. He said, Terrence Shannon is the sweetest young man he's ever had the pleasure of talking to at the college basketball ranks. So how do you think Brad Underwood feels about that young man? Do you think Brad Underwood believes what Terrence is being accused of doing? Probably not. But you would go there and you would you would – you would impose a self-suspension on a player that you feel that way. You would your, Brad Underwood's career would be over. No kids, no kids would want to play for him. The players on the team wouldn't want to play for him, and he would be violating what a federal judge told him to do. Terrence Shannon will play and will play on Sunday. Will he start? I don't know. And if he doesn't start, I'm okay. I'm, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the chat. Thanks for watching, Sonny. Uh, I'm happy for what you got going on, and uh, you're doing big things, dude. I appreciate you, and we'll be connecting with Sonny on some of his shows he's got going on. But yeah. some other things in the comments here that are true as well that not only would the team revolt probably if Brad did that, but let me just but so keep that in your mind. But I tweeted this earlier, and I want to elaborate now on this platform where I can speak a little bit more on it. Uh, let's let's just say this, okay? Let's say there's a Jeremiah Fears or someone else, you know, just wa watching this from afar, right? Like thinking, 
man, maybe that could be me. Oh, okay. Well, what happens if that's yep. my, my, my brother or an ego's to, let's say he goes to Seton Hall and uh, he get oh, something crazy happens at a bar. He gets charged with something silly, like wild, you know? Yeah. Oh, my, and, hey, oh, you're suspended. Okay, policy. He, he does his, he didn't get due process, but he goes, they go through the court system. He's waiting patiently. And then the federal judge rules in, in him or his brother's favor. Okay. And he can play on the team now, but wait, the coach is not letting him play. Do I want to go there, Kev? Do I, why would I ever want to step foot there? Cause you know what? Cause that coach, that coach don't have my back. Right. He doesn't have my back. He's worrying about him. He ain't worried about me because coaches and parents think about that from the parent perspective. Yeah. Be recruiting suicide. Okay. It'd be career suicide. It'd yeah. Be career suicide. It'd be career <laughs> and recruiting suicide. And I want you all to know this. That's he's playing. And there's no way in hell Brad Underwood's not because not only would he lose his team, he would lose faith in a lot of the recruits. And let me just tell you this on the recruiting trail and, 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 and people already know, from the Jaden Epps baloney from last year and other situations, they've been slandered enough already in many areas for for uh, how they've handled some of the recruits. And that's the last thing they need is to have other coaches can use that as recruiting bait as well to say, you know, I would never have done something like that to you. Like I would always, we, we would play and we would stick by what we knew and what we trusted. And we're going to, we're going to follow what a federal judge would say. We're not going to think we know what's best for you just because we don't want to have someone complain about it. So again, I and think. For, gonna, and furthermore, there would be, there'd be legal ease there. Terrence Shannon's team would then have the right to then go after uh, Brad Underwood and Josh Whitman and the university for violating a order from a federal magistrate. Happy birthday, Sean Garner. Happy birthday, buddy. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I, opposing fans are going to be ruthless. Absolutely. I don't I mean, I, do we go to Maryland? I mean, they're one of, they're one of the most so, ruthless. At, North, at Northwestern Wednesdays coming up. Then they play at Ohio state on the 30th. They have at Maryland at Penn state in the next yeah. three or four weeks. So, yeah. And then of course, they go at uh, Wisconsin and at Iowa to end the year. And then uh, Jay Bagan, do do you think the outcome is what Whitman wanted all along? Now they have a court order to play him and save some face in the eye of public opinion. Um, I, I can't speak for what Josh Whitman wanted, but I would imagine that Josh Whitman probably holds some of the sentiments that we do. Uh, Josh Whitman is an essence a boss and he has an obligation to protect the whole athletic department and the university and he acted in what he thought was the right actions and uh, adhering to the guidelines that were set forth and a federal judge basically has told him and i do believe this is because of the advent of nil and other things that you cannot do this without due process and so yeah i, I think that I think that there's going to be some unwanted attention that Josh Whitman's going to have to face here. Um, however, a coach that he hired has arguably what could be his best basketball team ever, and he lost his star player on a, on a flimsy, what I think is a flimsy charge. I've said it over and over again. Um, I'll say it over and over again with what we know. If, there, if there's something out there I don't know, then I can't speak to that. Uh, but yeah, I, I think there's a level. Of, I think a level of what you're saying is right. I think it, it's 
it's the best possible outcome for all parties. I don't believe it's contentious either. I believe Illinois thought that they were doing what's right. I believe Terrence did what he thought he was doing was right with his attorneys, and the, it's been it's been rectified for the time being. So we'll go from here. So we're going to get to the immediate impact of what he's going to bring back to this team. But, Kev, I want to mention this too. Let's applaud – Let's applaud the team. What did we learn about this team? Oh, my goodness. What did we learn about this team that without Shannon, I think you can do with it four and two, I believe, without him. Four and two. And the the losses were a five-point road game at number one Purdue. And then a tough, just kind of disappointing offensive uh, layup-wise and then just – getting out rebounding against Maryland, who, by the way, about winning there. Did you watch the end of that Northwestern game? Oh, oh absolutely. Absolutely. Like, yes. Maryland's looking like they're, they're clicking on cylinders here. Now they're getting, it's, it's, yeah, it's a better team. It's a better team yeah. than they've shown so far. This so season. that lost to Maryland. And then of course you got the fairly Dickinson route, the Northwestern yeah. route. Then uh, of course, last night's win. And then uh, they, uh, there was one more in there, Kev, who to uh, Illinois, uh, that, Michigan State, Michigan State. Yeah, Michigan State at home. So yeah. four and two, Kev. What did we learn about this team without Terrence Shannon? Well, that that I think that we've got um, we've got some we've got a better team probably than we realized, right? Um, Marcus Damask is averaging twenty five and five in Terrence's departure since Terrence has been gone. Twenty five and five. I mean, that's that's Io Desumu level numbers, right? Uh, the collective of Terrence of, of excuse me, Ty Rogers. Marcus Damas, Quincy Garrier, and Coleman Hawkins have increased their scoring by a total of 20.9 points in Terrence's absence. That's 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 a that's a little less than that's that's 0.8 points shy of what he was contributing, and that's clearly made up for in what Justin Harmon's averaged in his absence. So I think that one of the things that exposed when Terrence was gone is I think our defense our defense has slid. We miss him tremendously on the defensive end of the floor. And then secondarily is we, we really lack some depth as a basketball team. And now those are things that we're getting back. And this team can be arguably the best offense in the country. I think, it, and, and, and when I say that, that means in the Big Ten as well, because obviously Purdue is right there with us uh, for best offense in the country. And then I do think we could still, we can have a top 20 defense with, with Terrence back. If these guys continue, can uh, you just have so much more faith in Justin Harmon coming off the bench and contributing? You have more faith in uh, uh, Ty Rogers. It's going to open the floor more for. I think Goody's going to get some more open looks than he has been with with Terrence back. I just, I think it's 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 huge. It's just the question for these young men, and and you can really say that about this team. They're not kids or men. Is how are they going to deal with the, with the distractions? Uh, the, the hate that they're going to receive on the road, the attention that they're going to get from national media, because this is this is a big story. I mean, Field of 68, Rob Doster and Jeff Goodman had an emergency pod tonight. I've been checking to see if uh, Gary Parrish and Matt Norlander, the Ion College Basketball, so that's my favorite college basketball podcast. Yeah. I find Gary Parrish funny. I don't so, mind. I don't mind Jeff Goodman. The other guy, I don't know so much. Well, Rob Dowster's a little bit of a prick, so uh. yeah. <laughs> not that I would know. But anyway, uh, so uh, here's a question from Greg: If he keeps his stats up like before, do you think Terrence Shannon can be an All American? You know, when you miss six games, that's going to be tough. But I don't think it's that. I, I think it's that who votes on it. 
Yeah, and I, think be, I think there'll be people who won't vote for him because of what he's gone through. Only I will say this: if his case is dismissed by the end of the year, I think yes. But if his case is still going on, then probably not. Um, by the way, Phil, appreciate you jumping in. I hope things are well with you, Phil Garrison. My I don't, agree, though. I don't agree, though, Phil, that they would have lost to Rutgers without him. Nah. So, uh Rutgers just struggles too much to score at all. Um, Master Chief, whatever TSJ over under points is on Sunday, take the over. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, oh no, that jumper might be a little bit rusty. We'll see. Um, and that's to me an interesting part too. Uh, TSJ is well rested. Can't wait for his return. Jr. We appreciate you on here as always. Um, so, hey, we got some we got some uh, new, newer names in here and guys who have listened recently. Man, guys, just do us a favor if you like, please subscribe on the channels, YouTube. Uh, Spotify, yeah. Apple Podcasts, wherever you get, please just hop on one of those and, and give a subscribe. To the YouTube channel, channel if you guys aren't ones that like to listen, so if you don't get on Apple Podcasts and you like to watch, that's fine. It's always going to be on Twitter and it's going to be on 200columns.com. But go to the YouTube channel and subscribe. That's that's kind of where you try to build your video brand and recollection. But if you guys always known, when I used to have a line, I pulse and all that, I've always been like, I've always done videos and periscopes. That's really my thing. But YouTube is really the forefront of where all the saved videos and all the saved podcasts go to. But yeah, we're on all those other platforms, so we appreciate that. Now, Kev, my go ahead. Is there not you wanted to comment on somebody say something, Kev? Uh no, I just appreciate like you know Kirk and Phil and Randy. Like we've been in conversations with these guys in back channels, and just really appreciate their perspective. Randy has a phenomenal perspective on all this and what she's been through in her personal life and. Uh, and how she feels about this, I think it's really important. You know, when I talked to my mom the other day, and my mom is a staunch advocate of women's rights, and she's basically crying because she feels like TSJ was getting railroaded and how they were ruining, uh, this was ruining his life. I was like, man, I, I, you know, that said, that said something to me because obviously we're biased as males, biased as male sports fans. Um, it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's, 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 you know what, here's, here's one thing that I think is going to come from this. Another good thing that I think is going to come from this is, I don't like the national media is aware of him being suspended. All right. And then you have some folks that are a little bit more hyper localized. Like, for instance, the sleepers puts almost exclusively uh, focused on the Big Ten. And if you if you paid attention to like Waddell and Ant Wright and those guys, they kept saying, you know, if Terrence Shannon comes back, because I think they felt that this might be a possibility. I don't think the big national guys did. And I think what this will do will create. A onus on their part, a responsibility on their part as journalists to dig into the to the finer details of this case, and maybe come come at it with a more objective view of exactly what's going on. So we'll we'll see what we'll see what happens with that going forward. So I, what I'm interested in too is how the selection committee will look at Illinois now, and also bracketologists like our guy JBR Bracketology. Yeah, I've been talking to him today too. Yep. What does he think adding Terrence does that move Illinois up a line? You know what I mean? Like well, we didn't we didn't get into the specifics of it. We more talked about how how Illinois losing to Maryland is such an aberration and how that you know Maryland's a better team than they've shown, but Illinois just seems to struggle with them so much. And I had I didn't get into that much, but maybe we'll get him on the show later and, and then see what he has to say about it. But okay. I do think it would affect. I mean, we have two losses without Terrence. Um, you know, one I you know I don't think we lose to Maryland with Terrence. I really don't. So. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I don't either. Um, and 
so I'll let you take over with the what should or can we expect from TSJ right away. But first, I'm going to answer Jake. Can you guys talk about how electric the State Farm Center will be? Oh my goodness! I think I think it is. It, it might have been a sleepy crowd early. It's a it's a church is just getting over crowd. You know, uh, it's a hometown buffet crowd. But it's it's also Terrence Shannon's back, and I guarantee you, hundreds more people will be at that game than they, than there were than there were uh, you know a day or two ago. When so, when he when he's announced for the starting lineup or when he goes in first, the place is going to go nuts. So and that first bucket, that first breakaway, one hand mm-hmm. thunder chunky, mm-hmm. probably just gonna the the roof's gonna blow off. So Kev. What should or can we expect from Terrence Shannon Jr. right away? You know, I know you think he could be a little rusty. He has been able to work out, and I know he's been getting his shots up. So that means they probably are able to incorporate him in practice tomorrow. That's the only reason I don't think he may start tomorrow. But I think he's going to be revved up and his juices are going to be flowing to, to you know, make an impact, yeah. sure. Yeah, it'll be, be interesting. Can he, can he settle in? I mean, it's, you know, it's like one of those – you always make the, the reference in playoff games and football or, or big bowl games where quarterbacks are overthrowing guys because they're so fired up early. Is that, is that going to be the case for him? I don't know. Like it's uh, it's it's interesting. It I, I don't know. I have no clue what to expect of him. You know, I think early in the season, uh, you know, he he started off shooting a three ball exceptionally well to start the season. So I think is that the closest thing we can say is that he's had a few day, few weeks off. Is 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 his three ball better than it has been? I I don't know. It's a, you know, is is he gonna, are we going to let Damask work his booty ball and let Ty Rogers work their booty ball a little bit? And is is Terrence going to hang? Is it's good? Are we going to run some like quasi sets for that? I, it'll be it's going to be interesting. There's going to be some adjustments because this team is not playing exact. They're not playing the same way they did when Terrence was around. My favorite quote uh, from last night's game, Kev. Embrace, be patient with the booty ball. The booty ball will be there for you. It's not what you can do for the booty ball, but what the booty ball can do for you. You know, I just love that 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 Brad Underwood. That was what he was telling the guys, you know, in the huddle. And 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 you were watching them be patient, like Damask slowly working it, and Ty Rogers getting in there. And uh, but you're you're correct. That wasn't the focal point with Terrence, but. Damask has always utilized his game around the rim. Like when that FAU game, remember, against FAU in Missouri, we really got to see what that Illinois team can can do and what they can do together. Um, but I think what I love the most, and I didn't really finish on the point when we were talking about it, is I love that we got Justin Harmon's confidence up now. Yeah. And, and now he can be confident in what he can be. And Luke Goody's stroking the three like 43, 44% from deep. So – He's probably losing his starting spot, um, but that still just opens up more room and more confidence for guys. That's what I'm excited about. Other than now we have the defensive stopper back, Kev. Yep. Illinois has got that go-to guy where they're like, we can't stop Dante Scott. He's going off. Or even Jameer Young, Terrence, go give him go give him a couple of possessions. Yep. And, and, what's, and when the, the offense is proven, it's good enough. It's more than good enough. Without him on the floor, it's going to be better with him on the floor. But he can also take some some plays off on offense and let them do their thing, and he can just go be a, he he can go be a defensive stopper for three or four sets, like you said. It's gonna, it's gonna be interesting. So, uh, uh, yeah, there's gonna they're gonna be out out there with a ton of energy on Sunday. And it, it, isn't this funny though? In some respects, like obviously the news today 
is the best news we could have expected in this entire thing. But we went from this morning talking about a guy who has been beaten down by our fan base, who everybody loves, everybody's favorite whipping boy. Everybody loves the shit on him. And he played arguably the best game any Illinois basketball players played in a really, really long time. And that's Coleman Hawkins. Yeah. 21 points on 10 shots, 10 rebounds, four assists. I think the assists seemed light. He had all of them in the second half, six steals. Like he had other opportunities where he was knocking the ball away and guys were getting the ball and he didn't get great. I mean, like he did, he was so phenomenal last night. And, you know, everybody's giving him his flowers today. Now, oh, don't forget about you, man. Terrence is back. <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of, kind of funny. Yeah, no, no, no. And you know Coleman. what? I'm separate. I'm giving him his own little thing here. Coleman Hawkins appreciation segment. Show him some love. You know, put put your messages on here, and we'll try to send them his way. And hopefully, he can. You know, it's like the. It's like what's that? What was that calling radio show on Sunday night? Uh, <laughs> I forget what it was. Or they call in there. <clears throat> this one goes out to you. Oh, requests yeah. and dedications. In case, in case. Yeah, it's because I have to give him the love of my life in Albuquerque. I don't know what happened, but baby, I love yeah, special requests and dedication coming from Alicia <laughs> in Monterey. So, Coleman Hawkins, what he did last night um, was was special. Let's just be honest. And uh, as many others mentioned, you know, he's making himself some guaranteed money. Um, I I. I, did, I took a little offense to what Adam Finkelstein of ESPN said about Coleman saying, you know, <clears throat> besides, you know, his early struggles or whatever he said, he's played a lot better of late. I'm thinking I said struggles like he was injured, you know, like the dude shouldn't even have played against Marquette. Let's keep it real. He shouldn't have. He did, though, because it was a big game and he didn't want to miss it. And you, that's why he didn't play very well. But then he sat out three weeks. Let's not forget that, you guys. He sat out three, two and a half to three weeks after that to rest up to get ready for uh, FAU. And so at Rutgers, sorry, Rutgers on the road, December 8th. Yeah. But uh, so it wasn't like this dude was just healthy. Like he wasn't struggling. His game was struggling. He was injured. So if you really think about Coleman Hawkins' game this year, the dude shooting, what, 37% from deep? Yeah. So his percentages was 23%, 29%, 28%. Now he's at 37%. Okay. So huge improvement in that aspect. And of course, he's going to give up buckets against dudes that are 40 inches, you know, three inches taller and 40 pounds heavier than him. His one on one post defense around the basket is as good as you could expect it to be for a guy of his build, right? He is a, he is a four man playing five. But what, where he is so special and so dynamic is we've seen in multiple games, Jameer Young, Boo Booey, uh, Doug McDaniel, they get on him and they, they're like, ooh, I'm licking my chops. And you're like, nope, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> like, it's just not there for you. And the way <laughs> the way he's he has these slick, quick hands in around the rim, he oh, took man. the ball from, you know, uh, <clears throat> a Kamala, who I told you was tough in the post. Oh yeah, oh, and, and he did it last night. Uh, but uh, and, and then Conway transferred to Michigan. He left Tennessee for Michigan. I wonder if he's regretting that one. I, I would think so. But Which Tennessee uh, with that dude. And, and here's an interesting, fun one to think about, yeah. this, you guys. Coleman Hawkins is the NBA guy. Namari Burnett, not so much. If you look at their careers, remember this: 
They were teammates at Prolific Prep. Yeah, we wanted both. We wanted both. And Namari Burnett was a like borderline five star. He was a top twenty five kid. Guess who was the three star, one top one twenty kid? Coleman Hawkins. <laughs> Coleman Hawkins is. It's crazy how that could be, right? You come out of high school. This kid's the one getting all the love. Namari Burnett was getting all the love. And Coleman Hawkins was like, yeah, that dude's pretty cool. He's pretty good. He's he's pretty versatile. You know, I was at that Shambana Classic when they played at Centennial. Yeah. And, and Jalen Green, by the way, was on that prolific prep team too. Okay. So that's a freak, that's a freak yeah. athlete right there. That was fun. That was a fun to watch. Uh, and uh, by the way, Mawat Mag, who's on Rutgers, was on that prolific prep team too. I mean, just think about that. And they actually battled that St. Louis De La Salle team with Jordan. Uh, what the hell was his name? Uh, anyway, but we, we actually liked him. And uh, it was a great Goodwin? No, it wasn't Goodwin. I loved Jordan Goodwin. But uh, I'm trying to think of his name. He, his career just kind of didn't pan out. He went to Memphis. Then he transferred to St. Uh, oh, team. yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Jordan Nesbitt? <laughs> yeah, Jordan Nesbitt. There we go. Nesbitt went off went like went off for 45 and kept him in the game. But anyway, it was just crazy to see. And and just to see Namari Burnett being getting all the love and Coleman was just the guy in the distance. And now here Coleman's the guy at the end of their careers who's probably going to be getting drafted. And Namari Burnett's just had injuries that have derailed his career. But to see Coleman playing his teammate. He took the ball from him two or three times last night. You gave him a business, dude. And there was one, there was one guy in the crowd at Michigan. He kept giving the water gun to. It was somebody was somebody was in his ass. They called him trash before the game. <laughs> yeah, he said he's trash. He hit three threes, and on the one he took that step back thirty footer, and he hit it. He was like, "Oh, that was for you," you know, like yeah. like I loved it. So, Alina yeah. uh, oh, North said Underwood and staff do a great job about evaluating talent. That is absolutely true. Um, Ali and I, Robert talks about this, the, the, the string of visits that we had one year, it was like Kofi, uh, uh, Shibwe, Oscar Shibwe, EJ Liddell. Like it was just this consistent run of guys that we had on campus. And you gotta understand that these guys were, were highly rated preps, but these weren't like top 10 kids. And all these guys turned out to have these brilliant college careers, but only, not only is the staff a great at evaluating talent and getting under the radar guys like Georgie, Georgie really like uh, Alan Griffin, who came in on both those guys, really contributed. Yeah, it's nuts. Support. It's nuts to see that we had those guys, and they didn't even. We only got two and three years with those guys, you know. Yeah, but yeah, Drew Timmy was in that group. Yep. Uh, but what happens once these guys get on campus? And look at the level of, look at the level of improvement that that Coleman has made over the years. Look this, at this. I have. Trent, to have Shane, I mean, uh, Trent Frazier was a terrible defender. I got to put this on here. Did you see this update? Did you guys see Maury today, Kev? They confirmed <laughs> that Brad is Jawan's daddy. You are the father. <laughs> uh, anyway, Illini North. Um, yes, Coleman could come back for one more year, but I think the NBA will be in his is is going to be calling for him. Uh, he could come back, and there's a possibility that Marcus Damas could come back one more year. I don't see that as a possibility. To be honest. Mean, he played, are, it was because it was the COVID shortened year. He played too many games. I don't think. Oh, gonna. Dave Wisnowski swears it wasn't that year. He says it was the year after. But uh, so we'll see. Not holding my breath on that. But yes, Coleman actually would be allowed to if he wanted. I just don't see it happening. Um, 
What I, think, I, I think Coleman's ready to go and do his own thing. Yep. And furthermore, like, I think this is the group that – I think Coleman's it's, at certain points in his career at Illinois has had trouble, like, really meshing with guys. And I think these he meshes, meshes with these guys really, really well. And these guys are the guys who are leaving. So um, – I don't. I, I think he's gonna be gone. So Marcus Damas played ten games for Southern in the 2020-21 season. That was the year after the COVID season. That what? No, that was the full COVID season. Well, the, the one that remember this though. The one that, that team only played, played, See, that's the thing. That team only played twenty six games. He played ten. That's too many. That's the point. He. So you have to. How many can you play though? If you you, if you get you have a season ending injury, how many can you play? It's you could play like thirty percent or thirty three percent of your games, and he played ten of twenty six, so it's too many. He played forty percent. Okay. All right. Well, then there we go. But I just know that they gave him the two year window for the COVID year, so the nineteen twenty and the twenty twenty one years where they counted them. Right. That's why there's this shit's been prolonged for so long. Yeah. Um, so hurting hurting uh, high school recruits. <laughs> yes. Can you mention to the Brad Underwood haters that they are silly? They've been quiet lately. Yeah. Oh, they were awful loud after the loss against Maryland. So, like, I, I had people uh, saying he, he never switches defense. And, so, you know, me and Kev are Brad Underwood lovers on here. And it's not because I think he's perfect or he doesn't make mistakes. I got to be honest. I question sometimes. I think he should have played Dane a little more at times. I think, I got to be honest. I think Dre Gibbs Lawhorn should have played a little last night. Uh, I do too. At right. the end of the day, when you're winning, you're 13 and four. On your way to try and get get back into the top ten on Monday, I how can I sit here and be like I can't stand you? You've won the most games in the Big Ten over the last almost five years now. You've got two trophies to show for it. Like, ugh, I can't stand you, man. Like, I wish we were back to where we were didn't have to worry about Selection Sunday marches. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not gonna do it because that's just asinine. Um, and uh, so. But I will say with that, that um, uh, what did I think of Nico Moretti's play? I thought Nico did a decent job for when he was in there, considering he hadn't played in five weeks. You know, Doug, I think, Doug I think, was like trying to take his biscuit, and he, he was getting irritated. I, yeah. I think Doug McDaniel took it as a personal affront that Illinois decided to play Nico Moretti against him in the first half. I honestly, like Doug McDaniel played as hard as I've ever seen that dude play on defense when Nico Moretti came in the game. It was like, dude, I'm gonna take the Simps money. That's the that's the way I felt like, and then it didn't happen. So, yep, yeah. So, and then and, and look, I'm not delving into. I promise you this. I I know don't April. talk about it. Don't I know April, it. and so I'm not delving into what do I think of these these comments. I'm not delving into the comments because I actually got to know somebody. Um, as a parent, any parent has a right to be upset if their kid's not playing. I. Think Dre should have played last night. I'm not Brad Underwood though, so I also and then Kevin, this is just us talking. I also realize too that when you have 22, 23, and 24 year old grown ass men who've been playing this whole time, that you're not probably going to get to play a lot. And and I know that's hard. That's hard. Yeah, to the, the 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 areas where he, he makes some mistakes a little bit on the defensive end, a little bit with turnovers, and a little bit with ill-advised shot selection. That's uh. That's a level of like that's something these old guys don't really do much of. You know, they don't they don't make a lot of mistakes. Uh, we did in the Maryland game, and that was, a lot of that was on defense. But it was uh, 
I think that that's that's part of it. Is and you said it too. I mean, Mike Latulip got on a got on a uh, was on Werner's podcast, and he's like, "Listen, dude, you're on a part of a top ten basketball team. Like, I'm sorry, like there is no room for average play." And so, you know, it's how dude Xavier Booker didn't see the floor against us from Michigan State. That was a five star McDonald's All American, dude. They're like Eldarco Eldar- Jackson for. Kansas doesn't score. Bronny James is 0 for 14. Like, dude, this is not this this is not this is not our older brother's opportunity for freshmen at the NCAA level. Who's the best freshman? It's it's Reed Shepard. He was a 90th ranked recruit. Like, come on, like there's not the opportunities for freshmen to come in here and be amazing. Like, I actually gonna- made, I made this point, and I and I made it for anybody and everybody you think that we're talking about here. I I made this point, and I want you all to know this. Coleman Hawkins averaged 1.3, 1.4 points per game as a freshman. Yeah, it's like okay. 3.2 minutes. And guess what? Yeah, and guess what? He was on a good-ass team. Yeah. Okay, and he realized that I got some grown – I got some pros ahead of me. Like, I got some guys that put some time in. Like, you don't just get the keys handed to you just because – of what you could do in high school. Like you got to earn it. And one thing that I will respect about Brad Underwood, and I know he rubs some people the wrong way is that Brad cares about winning and this program more than making sure I get one or two said players ready for the NBA. That's not what his job is. His job is to develop them. It's not, it's, it's to develop them to as a team to win games. It's not, well, I got to make sure you get enough ticks so the, the NBA scouts can see you, or you get enough ticks so you're ready to leave at the end of the year. That's just not how it is, you know. And yeah, some of- yeah, Coleman averaged six minutes a game that season, had like eight DNPs. Luke Goody is a freshman, averaged eight minutes a game, and he actually had like a specific skill set that was there. But if you go look, like he had a bunch of DNPs. I mean, yeah. like there's, I mean, it's just, it's just part of it, and. And and Dre is so immensely talented. I think that he's got a. I lo- I, I so badly want him to stay, and I really want him to develop here because his athleticism, his his abilities as it grows, and like, hey, listen, Brandon Pajimski is a re- really good basketball player, and it's a miss on Illinois' behalf. But Brandon Pajimski wasn't going to wasn't going to get twenty shots a game at Illinois last year. He had to go to Santa Clara to do that. Um, sometimes maybe if that's what just needs to happen, but like, I'm telling you right now, unless Illinois is super, super active in the portal, we're a very young team next year. And there's opportunities for these guys to come in and play. And I don't like, listen, Illinois goes, has an elite eight run this year, a final four run, which, you know, asking Sean's question, I think Illinois is a final four capable team with Terrence Shannon. Yeah. I think Illinois can cut down the nets with Terrence Shannon. Um, but it's like, if you have that kind of run this year, Brad has carte blanche to bring in one transfer or two transfers and play his young guys and let his young guys get some run and, and, and turn the team over to Ty Rogers and Luke Goody. Uh, so we'll see. But, and also, man, the NCAA is having legislation levied against it. Like, I don't, I don't, I think the one time transfer thing is going to go out the window. And I think kids are going to be able to transfer as many times as they like. It's going to be weird. Um, so if that's the case, then that, that opens it up for a guy like Danger if he wants to transfer, and that's that's the guy I feel bad for because it's just it just doesn't fit with the, the overall collective of the team. It's not it's not necessarily Dane's fault, 
it's the it's the style of play that everybody else around him needs to run that he can't be really hyper effective. I think Dane could be hyper effective when we run like a full second unit and he can be the focal point on offense. But when you've got Ty Rogers and Marcus Damask and, and Quincy Garrier in the game, it's not it's not a fit for him. Yeah, um, I will just be interested to see how they incorporate Terrence in. Um, but man, this has just been a pleasant, pleasant surprise, you know, with a lot of good vibes and good things happening. You know, we got Jeremiah Fears announcing Monday. We already went over all that good stuff. Yeah. I've already told, made my, I've predicted he's coming to Illinois since October. I'm not changing that. He gets a big win yesterday. I got a, a name that we didn't mention that I did see in the chat feed was Quincy Guerrero showed up yesterday. So, oh, dude, dude. That just, dude just does stuff. And I would love him to just shoot a little better from the line. But that's the only thing no. he was doing last night that was annoying me. But, I know his wrist. He's been struggling with that wrist a little bit. Uh, but he was finally back healthy. I knew he wasn't 100% against Maryland. You know, Brad Underwood in the postgame presser said, Quincy's finally 100% like healthy again. Yeah. So, and, and yeah. a double-double last night. Uh, that That's why Illinois is going to be tough to beat. And you got you got to stop Shannon. You got to stop Damask. You got to stop Gary A. And then hey, you can't leave Coleman open. Oh, and then hey, Ty Rogers is realizing how much of an athlete he is, and he can get to where he wants to go, and he can get a little five footer on that ass. So. Oh yeah, and by the way, Luke Goody's shooting forty three percent from deep too. <laughs> and yes, Quincy Gary A. could play in the NBA next year because he could be a three three and D guy. Yeah, I, I truly believe that he could be a PJ Tucker, a bigger PJ Tucker kind of role. And welcome to the Heath Barn. Yes, I, Shannon, I believe Shannon will be good to go the rest of the year. Um, real quick here before we wrap it up. I've enjoyed this, you guys. Um, so two huge, two huge football commitments today, Kev. Um, yeah. I'm loving the I'm loving the Briggs Jr. from Florida State. I gotta be honest. He's it, yes, he's talk about a grown ass man. Uh that's an old old dude, and he's and he's gonna have like this would be his seventh year in college, so it's going to put him at like 25 years old. And he's not only that, but he's big and he's tough and he's he's a good pass rusher. And he, played, 20, he played 23 games the last two seasons for Florida State, so this is not some guy who's just buried on the depth chart. So He's going to a guy that's going to make an impact. And, of course, McDonough, the uh, offensive lineman from Tinley Park, had offers from Purdue and Boston College and had Minnesota and some other big teams. But a 25 kid, yeah. So there's still more offers that could have come in in the fall season. So for sure, yeah. So this is another big get there. Uh, really quick here. So we'll do a final thought here on this whole situation. How do you think it may work in Illinois' favor? And uh, I'll, I'll I'll start here. My final thought is that sometimes when you least expect it, the best news and and your God blesses you and yeah. You know, I, I think God's blessed Terrence Shannon. He's blessed Illinois fans for sure. But sometimes when you least expect it, that's when these moments happen. And uh, this took me you know, by surprise. I thought it would be at least – I thought we were going to be into February probably before we heard anything. So uh, I think this is going to make a world of difference to the team. I think guys can get back into their roles more. But it also has built confidence – for them that I think is going to push Illinois <coughs> up to where um, I think many were talking about them being after the Bragg and rights game. But I also too hope that it opens the eyes of uh, the, the guys like Jeff Goodman and others who may have, and Andy Katz who have 
road Illinois off and no chance. You know, they're the, the sixth best team in the Big Ten without Shannon. You know, I hope that that opens their eyes, but also I don't think they're ready for the chip on the Shannon's shoulder that they're about to see. So it's it's time to dig in. It's time to get ready and enjoy Rutgers on Sunday. Yep. Uh, you, uh, you said it perfectly. Almost took the words out of my mouth. It's just I was resigned to the fact that Illinois had a really good basketball team that was going to possibly – its peak was a second weekend, and I think, and but it would it would have struggled to get there. I mean, I heard Goodman say today like we're a ten seed without Terrence Shane. I thought that was a little ridiculous, but then, but then when you look at the schedule, there's unless you're going to beat Wisconsin or Purdue, there's not a lot of quad one opportunities that are out there. So it could be a lost season, and this could give us the opportunity to, to have something like you don't know what it's got. To, you don't know what you have until it's gone, and we we lost Terrence for a while, and now we have him back. And now we can just pray for for the health of guys. We can pray for them to. There's going to be a level of public scrutiny that's going to be put on these young men um, that they haven't dealt with before. And I just pray that they can they can keep their heads about themselves, use it as a rally cry, bond around each other, and understand that the truth will come to light eventually, and um, make it the best possible season they can. Yes, sir. So we will be back Sunday night. We we're trying to we, we we will hardly ever do three in one week. We just happen to do it this week because we were sick. And I want to mention a couple people said, "Hey, glad to see you guys. You look a lot better." I can <laughs> tell you from personal experience of the double ear infection, sinus infection, swollen tonsils, all that. Yes, I feel a whole lot better. Amoxicillin, Claritin, and some other pill has definitely helped me feel like more like myself for sure and kev you definitely look and sound a little better too so i'm getting there <laughs> i'm about 90 percent. i was i was working probably about 60 percent on wednesday so yep yep so again <coughs> we appreciate you guys we'll be back sunday night to talk about terrence shannon's return and hopefully a big dub swallow me out swallow me out i l l i and i